Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Hi and welcome to today's episode of Live Healthy Now. So I'm here today with a fantastic guest. We've just had an amazing conversation, which we probably could have recorded as the podcast itself. So I'm really looking forward to introducing you to Meg, who is a positive psychologist, helping you to take charge of your happiness. And Meg uses a science-based approach to help you to learn how you are in control of your happiness and can create your happiness because she advocates that when you are happy then you will achieve the success that you're working so hard to which absolutely aligns to what I'm all about at Live Now Coaching. So today we're going to dive into journaling for happiness which Meg is just an absolute megastar at Um, And I love the topic of journaling. It's something I've tried myself and I'm sure we'll tap into that as we go through our conversation today. So welcome to the podcast, Meg. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And I want to get started by asking you what your most impactful habit for health is. So I think there's a few in terms of how we get there. And obviously journaling is number one, I think. But one of the things that I will advocate and yourself, Nicola, too, is around this, you know, working out what it means for you and working out what happiness means for you. And that's a lot of the work that we do at Happy By Me is that we're not all the same. What we want from life isn't the same. The things that we want to do in the gym isn't the same. The things that bring us joy, it's not the same. So I think where I think my my healthiest habit, the thing that I do the most and really support clients with and advocate for is journaling, because as much as the act could be the same, you're physically picking up a pen and paper, what comes out, how you approach it, what you do with it, it's all going to be different. And that's okay because it's about finding what works for you and the style that works for you. And that's why I really, really love journaling as a happy habit, because sometimes I'll do it and it'll be, you know, a list. Sometimes I'll do it and it'll be on an app. Sometimes I'll do it and it'll be on a note on my phone. It's very much about what's working for me and what's going on in my life and not really overcomplicating that and where it is. So definitely, you know, I think journaling for happiness is one of the core things that I have certainly seen so much impact in my life with. Um, And I will always advocate people, give it a go. It might stick, it might not. But it's something that I will always advocate for just to develop that relationship with yourself. Yeah, brilliant. And we'll get into journaling and how to get started as we go through the episode. But I think what you say there about, you know, it, it being down to the individual to choose what they need and what works for them is really the ethos of this podcast. It's about helping you to see what living healthy looks like and tap into what you need most, depending on where you are in your life and your journey right now, and just finding out new ways of of building your health and well-being and 
working with something that's going to give you I guess the most return on your investment like you know the the um, best value for the book that you're investing so um yeah. just to kick off then with living healthy like what does that mean to you and how does that show up in your life so for me and my my kind of whole story is you know I had everything that looked great on the outside I had the career the financials the nice house the nice car and you kind of buy into that don't you from a young age that this is what you should be doing with your life you know you you might go to uni you might go to to college you, you work hard you get and you get return in that in some sort of career and it's this idea that we sort of all buy into without really knowing that we're buying into it in terms of what we think we should do. And I was driving home from work one day and sat a set of traffic lights going, is this it? You know, is this actually what living is about that I just do the same thing every day? And I'm not unhappy, you know, I'm okay. And I was in a privileged position that I was healthy. I was, ha- I was okay. But was this living? Was this being alive? Was this getting everything I could out of life? And I sat at that that set of traffic lights and had that moment where it was like, no, this um, there must be something missing. Yeah. And from that point forward, it was that. Well, okay. So what what could my life look like if I prioritise my health and happiness? And I think that's the thing in terms of what health or happiness means to me is that day. Um, after that set of traffic lights I literally got a piece of paper and wrote the word happiness in the middle and tried to articulate what that means because we can talk about happiness we can talk about health we can talk about well-being but it does mean something different to everybody you know and I know you're such an advocate of this too Nicola in terms of working out what works for you but I think the danger of not doing that is that we get caught up in someone else's narrative. We get caught up in what our partner wants. We get caught up in what society wants or what that teacher said to you at school one day or what your parents wanted for you without ever stopping and having that moment of going, oh, no, this is this is mine. And I get to define this. And actually, it's a joy to define this. And actually, only I'm going to do it, too. So so for me, in terms of what living a, a happy, healthy life looks like, it's living life intentionally in line with who you are so actually choosing what happiness means to you choosing what health means to you knowing your core values knowing what they mean to you and planning intentionally your life around that and sometimes you know you'll have days where you're completely on top of that and sometimes you you won't but it's broadly having that intentional activity in line with who you are not in line with who you think you should be yeah, that's so powerful because you're right. What you, you talked about there, especially when you said about, you know, some people go to university. I look back and think, you know, I went to university, but did I really want to go to university? Did I know why I wanted to go, what I was going to get out of it? And yeah, a lot of people at that age haven't got the whole life plan laid out in front of them. But we do a lot because we just naturally fall into that next step because of how society is or how we've been brought up and conditioned. And how often do we actually kind of slow the train down, so to speak, and go, hmm, where am I actually going on this train? And is it the destination that I want to get to? And I think what you spoke about with your story and the traffic lights, I think I was on a very similar Um, route in my career that I was just doing it it was just life you know I was caught in that spin cycle that's how I talk about it and sometimes it takes something significant to happen for you to go oh actually 
I don't want to keep doing it this way. Mm. So yeah, I love what you're saying about the intentional living and just being aligned to your values because we move at such a fast pace that it can easily pass us by ever stopping and thinking what actually matters to us, who are we and what do we want to get out of life? Exactly. And, you know, we sort of taught that from school, aren't we? You know, I'm sure we all remember that career advisor who's got, the, the, you know, they had a big book of careers that you could go to and were trying to work out what you'd do next. And it was all about this idea of being productive and being efficient. And it's a very Western it's, you know, societal thing in terms of you, you must know what you need to do and you must work hard to get there and you get there and you go in. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> like, and it's, it's you know, we, we're not taught those skills in terms of how to stop and how to think and how to reflect. And, you know, coming, coming back to journaling, it's one of the reasons why I love it so much because it's, it's allowing you to explore those big questions in a, in a space where it's quite safe to explore yeah. those big questions and without having you know whatever method works for you you know when when are you when are you choosing a different path or when are you choosing you and your values and your life rather than as I said you know getting stuck in somebody else's story and I think when you do choose to go that way it's really empowering isn't it that that's how I've found it and certainly with people I've worked with is when you take that intentional step to get clear on who you are and what your values are and what you want out of your life that in itself is so empowering that it starts building your self-belief and your confidence and your happiness doesn't it oh god absolutely and you know it's you know I'm not saying this in terms of you know let leave your job and leave your husband and you know go go and live you know go and live your best life in the middle of a jungle in Bali somewhere you know that's not that's not what I'm saying here it is that you know, by doing that, I think I was 24 when I had that sort of light bulb moment, that penny drop moment, or, you know, that when I was sat at that set of traffic lights. And I didn't set up Happy By Means for another six years, but it was those years that I really did prioritise my happiness. And it was around, well, who am I? And what does that mean? And what are my strengths? And actually, how do I how do I let that inform my career in terms of how I show up? And naturally then that does, like you say, it builds your self-confidence, it builds your belief. And then it means that I've got the psychological resources that I needed to be able to perform better. So, and that's one of the things that, you know, really sort of, you know, is a bit of a grinds my gears in terms of how we're taught to live because we're taught to live with success as the outcome and hope that one day it's going to give us happiness and actually if you prioritize your happiness, it will give you the psychological resources that you're looking for, for a traditional view of success too. It's going to give you more creativity, more innovation, more energy, because you're taking that time. And it's all about inputs and outputs. At the moment, you know, we think we input success, it'll chuck out happiness, but it's definitely the other way around. And if, if the science of positive psychology is teaching us anything, it's that we live in, we live in backwards (laughs) of the time and actually is the other way around. Yeah, and I love the awareness that's starting to come out now about this because I think we're hearing it from a lot of um, high-performing types of people, especially athletes, who were talking about how, you know, they were always focused on success, you know, and being the best in their sport, for example, or winning a, a particular tournament or a medal at the Olympics. But then when they got that title, they suddenly thought, I'm not happy. But I thought that this was what was going to make me happy. And obviously, we both talk about happiness not being an end result. It's not something that you get when you achieve 
X, Y, or Z. It's something that you can absolutely have every day. So unhappiness, I'd really love to know, how do you describe what happiness is? Because I know it's very individual and it's a word that we are seeing more and more now. And I think to some people, it seems like a bit flaky almost. So, you know, what is happiness? And I think that is, you've hit the nail on your head. It, it is it is whatever that means to you. So if I was to put a, a research hat on, you know, everything I do is grounded in science. The scientific community won't use the word happiness. They call it right. subjective well-being because it's a subjective experience. How you see it will be different to how I see it. If we were to ask ourselves how happy we were on a scale of one to 10, you could be a four today, you could be a six tomorrow, you could be a three, you know, it's subjective because, you know, it, it is how we experience the world. So they won't even use the word happiness. And the reason that I do is if I start, you know, telling you about, oh, how, how is your subjective well-being feeling today? It means nothing to us as human beings. It's not language that we resonate with. If I were to ask you, what, what do you want more in the world for your children or people that you really, really feel, you know, passionate and caring about? It wouldn't be long until you use the word happiness. So it's it's something that we all talk about. We all, you know, if I asked you what you wanted for your kids, it, you know, it's a really obvious thing. You know what? As long as they're happy, I don't care. Yeah. You know, you'd expect that to come out of a parent's mouth, wouldn't you? But it's like, well, actually, what does that mean for you as their parent? But what's more important is what does that mean for them? And it's trying to expand the language beyond happiness. So for me, you know, and I can only give you my own sort of personal definition of it I can give you the scientific definition which is actually there isn't one because you can't measure it um, and science, scientists love to measure stuff and they can measure subjective well-being they can't measure happiness so you know for me it is living life intentionally in line with who I am and for me and any client that I've ever worked with I can promise you they will have what I call a values triangle right in front of them I can see mine right now and it is about so this is who I am this is what's important to me am I living life in line with that? And for me, that's often the moment that people go, oh, hang on a minute. These are the five things that are really important to me. But in the last week, how much time did I spend in line with those things? And if you've got a disjoint there, there will be some sort of discomfort showing in your life. It might be a feeling of meh. It might be a feeling of ill health. There will be something that feels dramatically out of line and you'll know it, but it's just facing that, oh, what do I do about yeah. that? And that, that's a real, that can be a quite isolating and quite overwhelming feeling. And it is that, you know, that for me is what happiness means. Am I living life intentionally in line with the person who, of who I am? That person will change. The intent will change. Mm. But it's just a case of actually, am I, am I showing up as the person of actually who I am and not who I think I should be so that's my personal definition of happiness but I think it's a challenge for everybody to come up with their own yeah that that is a really clear explanation and it's very similar to Dr Rongan Chatterjee I, I listened to yeah. his podcast and read his books yeah um and that was something that really opened my eyes up having come into this world new over the past 18 months you know that I think I'd pinned happiness on it being as a result of like events and occasions and having things. And I was definitely living out of alignment to my values. I I think I knew kind of what values I had, but I wouldn't say I'd ever done it as a real exercise and got clarity and then set the intention to 
understand those and live in that way going forward. And so when I did start to change things like coming out of corporate and building a new career, doing something that was very purpose-led and and I was passionate about, changing lots of other things in my life, that's when I really did have that penny drop moment with happiness in, in that actually it's not about you know, feeling happy because I've gone out for a nice meal with some friends or I've gone to a concert or I know I've just booked a holiday. Yeah, those moments give you joy, don't they? And it's excitement and they do make you happy. But it's happiness is, as you said, something that everyone can have. And is that what you believe in and share in your community with your clients that everyone can feel happy regardless of what their life circumstances are? Yeah, and you know there is an element of privilege there in terms of you know we're not we're not all living the same life we've not all got the same resources but you know the only thing that you can control is your response yeah and that's a lot of you know the learning there and I'm, I'm not saying that that's the same for everybody I'm not saying that it's easy for everybody I'm not saying that you know everybody has got the privilege to sit at a set of traffic lights every day and, and go actually I'm going to choose something different um be, but I do think everybody has got the power to go this is on me and there are certain things in my life that I can't control but I can accept and there are certain things in my life that I I you know I've I've got complete control over and I think that you know a lot of the research of positive psychology is actually the life circumstances you have is a very 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 small percentage of where your happiness comes from and they they reckon it's around 10 percent and I very much bought into like you say the external experiences are going to what is going to what bring me happiness and if you know no better than that then you are going to do that because and for me it was career and I would have told you and Stephen Bartley's called this junk values yeah I would have told you six years ago that one of my values were achievement so I was there merrily thinking well in order to, for me to live in line and be happy I'm just going to go and achieve more and you know I was setting myself big goals and I was doing big things and I noticed that every time that I achieved something, I had a crash in how I felt because what was keeping me going was the goal. It was the attainment. It was the end point, not necessarily how I was getting there. So then when that was taken away from me because I'd achieved the goal, I had a massive, massive crash. But how my self-awareness was at the time was going, hang on a minute, but I love achievement. I love achievement. And it's really understanding, well, where's that coming from? Where's that need to achieve coming from? And is that something I want or is that something I've learned that I want from someone else? And that was a real, and again, this this comes to this idea of personal growth and, and where that's coming from. Because, you know, yeah, it was about external circumstances. Can I go and get the master's degree? Oh, actually, I didn't feel that good after that one. Let's go and get another one. Let's go and do that again. And, you know, let's, yeah, I was joining boards at 24 and a variety of other things that I was really striving for success because it was like, well, I like achievement, so I'm going to go and achieve things. And it was that external, yes, I've done it, but actually that doesn't change my life. That, that, you know, it changes a bit of my life circumstance or like you say, the gig with the friends or the nice big holiday. I just found myself that every time that I did that, the next thing had to be bigger and better because that was the only thing that I knew how to do. And actually that that change in circumstance does actually equate to a very, very small slice of where we get our happiness from. And the bit we need to look at is our intentional activity. So it's not necessarily about the big goals or the the things that may bring us joy and positive emotion is a big part of it, but it's actually around well, what kind of intent have we got? And that's where happier habits and the kind of things you definitely advocate for, Nicola, come into it because they're the things that we can do every day that seem really simple, 
and often if we're feeling low mood or we're feeling as though you know we're not aligned we're looking for a big complicated solution and we don't need a big complicated solution actually we can have a really really simple solution and we can have lots of little simple solutions that are going to make a much bigger impact than going to Bali and <laughs> having a drink <laughs> it's nice you think you're going to do yeah and it, you're right the small simple steps and simple tools techniques that you build as habits have a ripple effect on it you know into how well you feel which then feeds into your happiness because you are living in alignment to your values the things that are important so let's dig in a journaling a bit then because I know like I said I've tried it I know how many people love to journal it's grown massively so I'm sure if you're listening it's something you've heard of maybe you've tried it but like I said Meg is an absolute mega star at journaling and it's a big part of Happy By Me and the work you do with your clients isn't it so come on share the nitty-gritty about journaling then and how amazing it is. So, I mean, I love it. And again, you know, take it with a pinch of salt because it is definitely something that works for me. It might not work for you. But I think the big thing with journaling is curiosity. You know, it's not about writing books. It's not about getting your grammar and spelling right. It's not about making it look eloquent. It's just about being curious, having that curiosity for yourself and how you're feeling, good or bad. And often how I will start my journal. So prime example, this week, I have been getting to about three o'clock, hitting a wall and just feeling so, so tired to the point where I've genuinely had a nap every single day this week. And I'm going, so last night I was like, what's going on? Like, why, why am I not feeling well? My boyfriend had 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 COVID. I was like, am I getting COVID? Like, what's going on? Like, I can really feel, you know, uh, uh, just a, you know, not not a nice feeling in my body and, you know, what's going on here? Mm. And that's how I started my journal. What is my body trying to tell me right now? And again, I hadn't, when I wrote that question, I, I hadn't got the answers. I probably still haven't got the answers. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but it's that, okay, there's something not feeling quite right. How can I be curious to what's going on there? And the art of journaling, sort of the act of journaling, gives that time and space to reflect in a safe way to be curious to what's happening. And that could be, you know, yesterday I had that about my health and within 10 minutes I was going, oh Meg, actually you haven't drunk that much water and your nutrition ain't been that good and mm. you haven't been outside for three days. So <laughs> it's it's kind of not a surprise that your body's reacting in this way. And when you can, when you go from being in an emotional place in your brain and that part of your brain, your limbic system is is ruling the roost in terms of how you're acting, the art of journaling can just allow you to come out of that emotional place and into that logical place. You know, your your emotional system hasn't got the art of language, only your logical system, your, your neocortex has got that art of language. So by journaling, you're forcing your brain into that place, which means you're, you're, you're coming in it from your human part of your brain, not your emotional part, which allows you then to look at it with language and go, okay, so logically, not necessarily emotionally, what's going on because emotionally yesterday do you think I wanted to cook dinner in a nutritious meal no I didn't (laughs) you know do you think I wanted to change my environment and make sure it was clean no I didn't but and that was an emotional response to that because I didn't feel well or I didn't feel you know I felt stuck I felt in a mood so 
by looking at that going okay so what's going on in my life right now that is is showing up in my body and then realizing well yeah actually you've not been looking after some of the basics right now that allowed me to logically go all right then come on <laughs> let you know let's get moving and I have what I call a reset hour where I will make things easier for myself so it might be that I might make sure my breakfast is made for the morning or you know the washing up done and my mug that I have a coffee with in the morning's clean and ready and, you know and just making things easier and that action was only as a result of being curious to what was going on in my life at the time and that's why I just think journaling is such a powerful tool because it allows you to approach your life with intent which as you know is a really important part of my happiness but from a really logical place where you can really explore with curiosity how you're feeling what's going on and and act from that place rather than from an emotional place yeah and so with journaling is there a right or wrong way to do it absolutely not no there isn't and it it literally I have journaled on you know a Costa napkin (laughs) I've journaled in a beautiful fancy gorgeous book that I've done it twice and then forgot you know I forgot that I bought it you know I use an app quite a lot um there is no right or wrong way and I think with any kind of healthy habit the more that you put rules in the more that it will become it won't become enjoyable because you know you're coming from a place of I have to do this rather than I choose to do this so with journaling absolutely there's no right or wrong way you can use prompts you can there's the variety of different methods that you can use there you know in terms of how you know some people want that beautiful journal and want it to make it look beautiful if that is in line with your strengths and who you are and you're a really creative person and you get joy from that cool But that expectation can often put, you know, an unrealistic expectation on which will put people off. There is no right or wrong way. All that matters is that you're taking the time to sit with where you are and where you want to be and allowing that to be articulated from that logical place in your brain. Yeah. And then that makes it so accessible for anyone, doesn't it? Because I think if you're completely new to journaling, it can be a little bit daunting, can't it, in that, well, what do I write? You know, what, what I've got an empty page here in front of me, what do I write? And obviously, many of us don't pick up a pen very often anymore either. And the traditional view of journaling is that you use a pen and a notebook. Then, you know, puts you off because you think, well, I don't know what to write. And many of us, I think you touched on it there when you, you talked about our, like um, the emotional part of our brain and how we're thinking and feeling. We're not used to putting those feelings into language are we and we're not used to conveying anything about us really in that way so it can be quite challenging and and a bit scary to think well what have I got to do here what am I supposed to be writing down and I think um I know you've got a guide that I'd love you to share and mention but I think for some people when they start out a good thing to do is just about that intention setting isn't it even if you just start on a month to say what is my intention for today and maybe share a little bit about that and intention because that word and language and the way we're talking about it quite freely might be something that someone isn't very familiar with. Yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that that kind of living with intent and again, if it, again, we can change the language around that so it suits you. So another example of this morning, I woke up a little bit earlier than I usually do. I don't really like mornings. Turn to the journal. And the prompt that I used was, what's going to make today amazing? 
So and, and that is an art of, you know, an act of living with intent, but it's taking that word out of it. Yeah. So, you know, if that it resonates more with you, actually, what's going to make today amazing? What's going to make this week amazing? What am I going to do this month that's going to make it incredible? You know, it's about setting setting an intent, but, you know, not necessarily, we don't need to use that language. We can just, what's going to make me happier? What's going to make this more joyful? What's going to make, you know, we can we can change that language in a way that ultimately what we're trying to do is to live a happier, healthier life. So, you know, if it is a, an art of or an act of intent of what what am I going to do today? What am I going to do this week? We can start that in however, however you want, as long as you're choosing it and really going, actually, what I'd really like out of this week or this day is X, Y, Z. And that's a really, really good way to start. If you've got, if you feel actually, I feel all right, but, you know, I would really like a boost. Great way to start what's going to make today amazing start there yeah yeah and do you think you get the most benefit from it when you are doing it daily um no not necessarily no and I think I I think sometimes if you try and force yourself to do a habit in a particular time frame so some people will go I'm going to set a morning routine and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do 15 minutes journaling and it's going to be at this time between 7 15 and 7 30 you put in so many rules in place there that the second that you don't, you then feel guilt, you then feel shame, and they're not things that we want to be feeling be- because of our own actions. <laughs> so, you know, I don't journal daily. I turn to my journal three, four times a week. I am guilty of turning to it when something feels uncomfortable, more so than when something feels positive. So I would definitely, if there's a discomfort, if there's a, oh, I don't feel great, if there's something going on either in my body, and that is, as you know, if I feel, you know, a twinge in my back, I'll do it because I'm very, very, you know, I'm very, very, um, I'm a big advocate of, you know, what is your body trying to tell you? You know, everything's connected. So, and so I'm, I will turn to it if there's something feeling off, if there's a fear, if there, something isn't going well, I will always turn to it and go, right, okay, what's going on here? Um, I do that more so than the positive stuff. So like this morning, you know, what's going to make today amazing. I'll do that at least once a week in terms of what am I doing this week and what's going to make an incredible week. What what goals am I setting for myself? What's going to get in my way? Those kind of, those kind of things. But I would say that's probably 80-20 in terms of how I use my journal. It's normally what's going on in my life that I need to address or, or think of. Um, in terms of where I use it so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily mean it daily and again there's a lot of research to suggest that if we are doing the same things daily it then becomes something we have to do and actually the impact of that action isn't as great as if we do it when we want to do it so um, if it works for you daily good but don't feel forced to do it I would definitely recommend doing it when it feels natural rather than forcing yourself into a time of day or, or, a, or, you know, a frequency in a week. Yeah, very good advice, because that's what we're trying to help people with is finding what works for them, what's adding value, what's making you feel healthier. And so if it is forced, because you're trying to do it every day, but actually that's putting more pressure on you, then that's not contributing to good well-being. So I have heard research about the difference between journaling with a pen and paper or doing it another way like digitally or just in your mind and I think what I've heard is that always work 
doesn't matter which way you do it, it's still a very beneficial process and habit to put in place. But there's something about putting the pen to paper in the way that your brain works when you write it down. Mm. So do you think that's a better way to do it? Or in your experience, does it not really matter? In my experience, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I think there is something to be said around environment to do it and whether a pen and paper is forcing you into a different environment. So if you're doing it on your phone, for example, you know, you can do that in environments that aren't, you know, aren't giving you time and space, that, you know, you've got distractions on your phone, you've got notifications coming through. So that time and space in that environment isn't dedicated to you and journaling. Whereas a pen and paper, if you can put your phone away, you can create that environment. I think there is something there around pen and paper is more suited to just a journaling environment with no distractions. But again, it's all about intent. How, how do you want it to feel? How do you want it to show up? I more recently dedicated a little space into my bedroom of my dressing table where I do it and I've got a nice candle and it's a really nice experience. But it, for me, I've done both. There are, there are, I go through phases. <laughs> it depends on, you know, how I feel. Um, and again, you know, I personally don't think there's much in terms of benefits. What I do like about using an app, I use the app one day is it's a lot easier to reflect because it will go, you know how like Facebook will go, oh, you've got a memory and it will tell you something that happened two years ago. It will do that. So it will pump up something from three years ago and you'll read where you were mentally, you know, three years ago. And that can be a really, really lovely just, oh, I wasn't expecting that to pop up today and I've read it and wow, look how different my life is or actually look how much growth I've done in that time frame. So that is one benefit of using, using an app it does make reflective practice a, a lot easier. Yeah. And so I think there's options there, isn't there? If you're listening thinking, mm, I haven't done this and I'm not sure I want to sit and write, then I know, you know, for me, I do a lot in my head and I do a lot verbally as well with my partner where we'll chat about on a morning, like our intentions for the day, what we're grateful for, things like that. I do like to write, but because I very rarely write, I find that I get a very sore hand quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how, how untrained yeah. I am at now holding a pen. <laughs> and I've tried digital ways as well. Last year for quite some time, I used a website called 750 Words, which is about... Mm focusing your mind on a morning to get things out to put them down and to empty your mind and it was a you know bit of a target and I did it daily for quite some time but then I did get to the point where I felt like I'd tested it and tried it and I liked the writing but there was also that bit of pressure of hitting the 750 word count and it was just a blank bit of screen you know for you to type on so there was no guide there and I do find that having a prompt is something that helps me you know I like those questions so I know I've had a look at your free journal support tools yeah share us a little bit about that because I think that's a great way to help people get started when you are struggling but think maybe this could be of benefit towards my health and well-being yeah, and, and what it's designed to do is I find a lot of people go, oh, you know, I've heard of it. I don't really know how it's going to help me. And again, it's this idea that if we've, uh, we we really, our feelings are complicated. They feel complicated. And somebody like me going, oh, have you tried journaling? You're going, 
hang on a minute, Meg, like, I feel like crap. Like, are you going to tell me writing down how I feel is going to help? Like, and there's that belief that it's like, well, why on earth would that help me? Because we're looking for a complicated solution to complex feelings. And that's one of the barriers that we have to, to start new things, to try new things and to be curious because, you know, it's that belief of, hang on a minute, no, this is much more complicated than than that. And it, it doesn't have to be depending on what's going on. So the reason that I created the tool, so it's a 30 minute training video with 31 prompts in. Um, So it's got a free PDF that you can download. You can either download that with just the prompts if you're using your own sort of notebook or you can download that as a printable if you want to use it. We can also send you um, sort of a, a really beautiful sort of hard copy of that for a small cost as well. So if you are thinking, oh, actually, I do wonder whether this is something for me and it's like, where on earth do I start? That's the reason that I've put this together because you can get that sort of blank page anxiety, right? You can look at it and go, okay, so I'm sat with my pen and paper <laughs> or my Costa napkin <laughs> or whatever it is. Going, well, well, what what do I do now? And that that can can be overwhelming and can instantly put you off and you go, well, what's the point? Or, you know, we can do things like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to paper chase and get myself something really pretty and a nice pen to start with because that's got to be the most important thing we do. And again, it, it's this procrastination of just starting and what I wanted people to be able to have was when we feel ourselves thinking, oh, I might try it, but we're procrastinating with either the anxiety of a blank page or, oh, I don't actually know where to start, is you've got that starting point. You've got that place where you can go, right, let's start. I can watch this video. I can download these and I can have a go. And it is just the art of having a go. There's no right or wrong way. It's just, does does this exercise fit with you? Is it going to help? And I've had people, one of my best friends, you know, I've tried it. I don't like it. You know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not interested in trying again. And she, I was talking to her about it the other day and she can't, you know, she, she was, we were talking about some limiting beliefs. I was like, have you journaled on it? And she was like, oh no, I don't like it. And I was like, try again, because you've got something here that you're telling me that you don't understand. You can see it, you can feel it, but you, you know, there's some digging to be doing. Go and, go and dig with a journal and see how you feel and she did it and she was like oh my god that felt amazing so it's just a case of sometimes it will work sometimes it won't and we can overcomplicate what we're doing one of the one of the great ways to start is lists so if you know one of my sort of best examples of how a, a journal helped me when I reflect on journals is I was seeing someone for about three months and something just didn't feel right with the relationship So I wrote a list of, you know, what is it that I would want from a relationship in my ideal dream world? How would I want to feel in a really safe, secure, enjoyable relationship? Wrote that list, saw it from a logical perspective going, I don't get any of that from this, which made that decision to move on just so much easier. So, you know, there's a variety of things that that the art of journaling and the acts of journaling can do that we think, you know, it's not about essay, a list will do. If it's, you know, if it is a, a quick question or actually I don't know the answer to this and that's fine you know you can just scribble it down or think about this later or actually I want to read this book or whatever it might be again it, it it's all journaling it's all really helpful yeah that's so good and it makes it really easy as well that there isn't a structure to it that it's whatever you want it to be it's just about getting out what you're feeling and thinking isn't it and that that has a very valuable part to play in helping to make you live a healthier life so if somebody is thinking, mm, I'm probably not as happy as I should be, this is resonating, I need to 
build a happier life. I'm not quite sure what that looks like. And you were going to give them a bit of advice to do something in the next 48 hours. Obviously, we've we've said journaling can be quite easy to start with. But just thinking about that happiness and what we talked about with like the intent and the values and using journaling as a way to get more clarity on those things. What kind of one simple step would you give someone to do something in the next day or two? So I would, personally, I would pick up a pen and paper and do what I did when I had that traffic light moment. Write the word happiness or health, well-being, you know, those, those kind of words in the middle of a piece of paper and do a brain, brainstorm on what that means to you. What does, if you were your happiest version of yourself, who are you? And allow yourself to think about that. So a lot of people will say things like, I'd be helping people. I'd feel peaceful. I would be working a job that feels really meaningful. I would be spending more time with my kids. I'd be able to pick them up from the school gates. And when you can see that objectively and go, okay, if I was the happiest version of myself, if I'm living life as me, as the happiest version, this is what it would look like. And then you can go, okay, so my last month, how aligned was I to that definition? And it's you won't be alone if you do that exercise and go, these are two different people. <laughs> I've got me mm. now and I've got me as the happiest version of me. And these are two different people. And you won't be alone, you know, with, with that feeling. And the reason, you know, why why I do what I do, what, why Nicola does what she does is because, you know, there is another way to live. And that version of you that you can journal about, that you can see in that picture. And if, if pictures, you know, if words don't work for you, do it in pictures. Put a stick person in the middle and and draw things that mean you know mean happiness to you and and have and just do that that you know lift the mirror up to how you're actually living is it in line with how you can articulate happiness because often we we don't and if we don't keep that check in and it and it will change what happiness means to you will change how you're living will change it's a it's an idea of consistently checking in with ourselves because you know, that that is ultimately, you know, what else is the point? <laughs> Why are we here? And it's that being able to look at that and go, actually, is this the moment that I'm going to choose to go for that? And that feeling can be overwhelming. And that's why people like myself and Nicola, you know, are here to help you through that process. But ultimately, it's that choice of if there's a gap between my hap- what I perceive happiness to be and where I am now, you've got a choice to go. I'm going to do something about that or I'm going to continue until something tragic happens. You know, we get ill, you know, there's a big life event that makes us go, well, I don't want to live like this anymore. And if I can, you know, if anyone's listening, thinking, I think there might be a gap there, you know, please don't wait to that big life event. You know, we can, we can do something now whilst it's a niggle, (laughs) whilst Mm -hmm. it's a niggle, you know, let's not, let's not wait for, you know, some sort of tragedy before we do something about that. Mm, oh, I love that. It's so bloody powerful. It, and it's such a similar thing to do, but does hold so much power. And I use something a bit different, but very similar. And I talk about this a lot on my social media, about getting to the end of your life and looking back and doing that yeah. as a visualization now of when you are at the end of your life, what would you need to have happened to be lying there thinking, yeah, I lived a good life. I was mm. happy. I achieved what I wanted. I felt like life was what I wanted it to mm. be at this point at the end. 
and and that was triggered by a book I read a couple of years ago, the top five regrets of the dying. And I think that that's what you're touching on is, you know, when there's that gap, don't leave it too late to close that yeah. gap because we, we're on that runaway train so often because, like we said, our upbringing, society, culture, expectations, conformity, everything that mm. is around us, creating that noise about how we should be and how we should feel. But actually, a lot of the time that isn't aligned to who you are and what you want. So, yeah, take Meg's advice, bit of paper, pen, draw it down. I've definitely done it with the stick person in the middle before and just thrown lots of words around because I'm not creative in any way when it comes to drawing and art and things. But, yeah, it is really powerful because that's when you start to go, OK, how, how do I make that happen? And that's that first little step, isn't it? Mm-hmm. yeah brilliant and it can be you know you get there and you go oh, I'm so far away from that and shut down because it's like well what's the point and that that in itself that's a limiting belief and if you feel like that take it to your journal there's a prime example of something we can be curious about because this isn't about judgment it's not about you know making us feel anything other than you know we, that we can do that so if if we're looking at curiosity and compassion, which are two things that we, we we as human beings need more of towards ourselves, if you do that exercise and you go, bloody hell, there's a real big gap there and ask yourself why you feel like that. And there's your first journal prompt. Why do I feel like there's a, there's a gap there? And that's about, again, it's being curious about our feelings and our emotions and where these beliefs are that we can start to create shifts with and that's a lot of you know what a coach like myself will do with people is really understanding where our blockers are the ones that are physical that you know we need to overcome but also the ones that we're putting there ourselves in our own belief system but that's where an art you know an act of journaling can really allow yourself to be curious about what what is actually going on do is it is this true do I actually believe that I can't get there or is this something that someone else has put into my belief system or what will I have to do to overcome that? And those are the kind of prompts that, again, you can just, you can see and just go, right, okay, let's just be curious about where I feel like that. No judgment, complete compassion. Let's just be curious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. I think it, this has just been absolutely fascinating and so much amazing content and food for thought. So I really hope if you're listening, you know, you've taken a lot from the podcast and Meg's expertise because yeah we have only got one life that's the reality of it and we all do want to be happy that's the thing everyone is striving for happiness but we just often go about it in a way that isn't going to achieve it for us so taking that pause and that moment to think about it and get clear it's the same as if you were going to book a holiday or even write your food shopping list you work out what you need, why you want that, how you're going to get it. But we just fail to do that in the biggest part of our lives, which is the life yeah. itself, isn't it? Um, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. tell everyone then where they can connect and how they can get the journal prompt to get started if they're interested in, in that. Yeah. So my Instagram is at happy.byme. Everything you need will be there. I also have a free Facebook group, which is Happy By Us. Again, all of the links are from the Instagram page. So go and have a look there. Um, you can download your free 31 journal prompt in a variety of different formats depending on what works for you and your free 30 minute training too so if you're thinking about journaling if you're thinking actually there is probably something in this that I want to have a go at and you've got no idea where to start and you want some support have a look there and hopefully we'll we'll, get a little bit deeper into that into how we get started and how it can help and actually some practical tools as well to get you started if you have got a bit of that blank page anxiety too so yeah at happy.byme 
Oh, fab. And I'll pop everything into the show notes as well so that people can link straight to your Instagram page and the free journal prompts to get started. And I think you've inspired me to go back to it as well. I've got a little book that sits here to my right. I don't think it's been opened for at least a couple of weeks, but I must admit, I do. <laughs> when I, you know, seen today on your Instagram, I saw that prompt about what would make today amazing. I thought, oh yeah, that's one I'd like to do. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. say something and think, oh yeah, I'm going to pick the pen up and do that. So yeah. I think yeah. message to leave everyone with is it's whatever you want it to be. There's no rules. It just really helps to get out what's inside out there so that you can really reflect and use it to do something differently that's going to impact you in a much healthier way so thank you very much Meg it's been fantastic chat and I've really enjoyed it yeah me too thank you so much for having me thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed our podcast please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode It would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.